So there is like this saying uh, that when somebody says like, God is good, the response is? And then the person says, all the time. And you say? Yes. So that's like this thing that goes back and forth. We've heard it. We've seen it. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. But some of us, believe it or not, that are even sitting here, don't think that God is good. We say it and we're just kind of used to it. We hear it. It's this popular thing that was done for a while. But in reality, some of us really are sitting here not really believing that God is very good. And why? It's because we have fallen into a trap. We don't believe God is good because this trap that we have fallen into is a trap called that is not fair. Right? So when we believe things are not fair, that is not fair, this is not fair, then we start to believe God is not good. All the time, all the time, God, you're not so good. A worker, and the workers in today's gospel fell into that is not fair trap. They fell into this trap. Why? Because a traditional workday for a Jew is about 12 hours. So a denarius is about $6 today's, uh, you know, uh, today in, in dollars today. It's about $6 per hour. So the traditional workday was about 12 hours for a Jew. So they would go out and the traditional day, work those 12 hours, they would make 72 bucks. And the ones who worked only one hour got paid $72. And that's not fair, right? That's what these workers were saying. That's not fair. They didn't think the landowner, who was God, is very good. They had a problem with that, naturally. The workers who labored all day, again, didn't think that God was very good. The landowner was very fair. We heard it. These last ones worked. They started complaining. These last ones worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us. We've been in the heat all day. We've been working all day. You're not very good. Right? They don't say those words, but they fall into the trap. The landowner was fair. He decided, right, he just decided to be more generous with those other people who only worked one hour. Right? He was very, very fair, who didn't earn it. That's just who the landowner is. That's just how God is. Right, the landowner says, my friend, I'm not cheating you. Did, not, did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what's yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Right, he didn't cheat anybody. It's what he decided to do. From this parable, we can really turn, learn two things about heaven. If you're paying attention, the very first words of the parable is, the kingdom of heaven is like... So we can learn a lot about what heaven is like, how to get to heaven... What do we need in order to get to heaven? What can we learn from this parable? And also, what is the attitude that we need? I'm sorry, what is the attitude that we need in order to get to heaven? But also, what is the thing we should avoid to not be like the landowners in today, in today's gospel? So first, right, we'll just take a look at what will prevent us from entering heaven. This parable all has to do with heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like this parable. Last week we heard about Jesus saying, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, be like a little child. God is just, in this season, is telling us, hey, this is what you avoid. These are the conditions. This is what you need to do. It's not something we have to make up in our own mind. Like, God is really good because he tells us, this is what you should avoid. This is what you should do. So again, first thing, what will prevent us from entering the kingdom of heaven? This parable, from this parable, we can learn that envy, right, envy, envy, will prevent us from entering the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says today, am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? So we can be like the workers. God, you're not good. They fell into the trap. That's not fair. But it was, 
if we want to take a look at this, this what cause, right, what happens with this saying uh, that this, uh, this is not fair, what it breeds is envy. We've all thought this is not fair. That is not fair. We've all thought it at some time, but it's, it, it, it breeds envy. Right? Envious people cannot enter heaven, but rather than stop being envious, it's important to see that that is not fair is what we should be looking for. Right? I talked to a lot of people. Actually, I did not think I was an envious person. Was one of the, I, was, I was proud of myself. That was not one sin that I was struggling with. Other ones, sure. This one, I, I didn't think it was a problem. But in reality, I started catching myself, that's not fair, and this is not fair, and this is not fair, and that's not fair, and God, this, why that, and why not me? Started to breed a, a very slow envy was creeping in. So envy, what is it? What is it? So if it's, if it's defined, envy, it's an irrational anger at the success or goods of another. Let me repeat that. It's that important that if it's the one thing that will prevent us, not the one thing, but if it's a thing that will prevent us from getting to heaven, we need to get this down. Envy. An irrational anger. anger. I am angry at your success. I'm angry about that. I'm angry with your score that you got on your test and I didn't. I'm angry about you're in a relationship and I'm not. I'm angry about your business and I don't have. I'm angry at the house that you have. I may not say that to, I may not say that, to that person. But there's this internal anger within me. It's irrational that you've been successful. That, and we start to think that's not fair. We start to think that's not fair. Right? The workers in today's gospel, they saw the success of the people who worked one hour and got $72. Envy always comes from the eye. Envy always comes from the eye. That's where it comes from. They saw with their eyes, hey, and God on purpose, the landowner said, pay them first. I want the others to see. It's because the envy comes from the eye. It's this irrational anger. They saw their eyes, this success, that they got just as much money as they were, and they fell into that's not, they started to think that's not fair. There was an Italian author who wrote a book about 400 years ago called Dante's Inferno, and he says in his book, the person who dies because of envy will spend his time in eternity in hell, for all of eternity, with his eyes wired shut, because envy comes from the eye. His eyes will be wired shut, he said in his book. His eyes will be sewn shut with an iron wire, unable to see, since on earth the envious person had pleasure from seeing others, people brought low. I'm happy that you were brought low. That's what the envious person is thinking. I'm not happy that you have what you have. So that's the first thing, right? If we want to enter the kingdom of heaven, all of us do. What will prevent us from getting there? Envy. What's en- how is envy breed? Is, how does it, become, how does it become, come into existence? Through the lie or through the thought. That's not fair. We all think that. Second thing, we looked what prevents us from entering heaven, envy. So what attitude is Jesus calling us to have in order to enter heaven? It's an attitude of contentment. I have to be content in my life. What is contentment? What is this attitude of contentment? What does it look like? Contentment uh, defined is a state of being where one is satisfied with their current situation. We're never really satisfied. We don't really like the situation that we're in. There has to be this, 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 this contentment, this attitude of, this is where God has me. 
I don't need this next thing in order to be happy. And God may leave me in this position, brothers and sisters, till we kind of wake up. In the first reading, we heard that the Jews were getting, they left Egypt, they were slaves, and God released them into the promised land. It took them how many years? How many years did it get them to go from Egypt to the promised land? How many years? Anyone know? 40 years. It could have been 40 minutes. It could have been 40 days. It could have been 40 months. 40 years because there was so much, there was no contentment. They were not satisfied. We want to go back to Egypt. We're better off being slaves. They, at least they had good food there. Why did you bring us to the desert to die? God, we'd rather have been remain slaves. For 40 years, they did not stop. They never achieved this attitude of contentment. They were not satisfied with their current situation. And if they just would have had this attitude of contentment, God, this is where you have us right now. It could have been 40 hours. And how many of us feel so stuck? God, when are you going to change my situation? This is not fair. Constantly looking at the other person. I have an irrational anger about the success of another person. It could be another 40 years. Or it could be four days. It could be four hours. That God starts changing our situation and say, look at what you have. Look at what I'm doing for you. Look at your blessings. Enough of that that's not fair, which breeds envy and irrational anger at the success of another person. An example, we could talk all day about what contentment looks like. So I I just want to end with an example of what somebody who, who really, somebody who had an attitude of contentment rather than an attitude of that's not fair is Blessed Solanus Casey. Blessed Solanus Casey, for those who don't know, his road to priesthood was really difficult. It was not a straightforward road. At the age of 21, he decided to enter seminary, but for years he really struggled with his studies. His superiors noticed that he was really struggling with his studies, and they finally told him, hey, we don't think you have what it takes to be a priest. And maybe you should go join a religious order because a religious order, at least you can be a brother and you don't have to study as much. And it doesn't require so many classes. So we like you and we think you're a pretty good guy. But you just don't have what it takes to be a priest. Right? That's what they said to him. And so his superiors noticed this and he was really said, okay, he, he, instead of getting envious, instead of getting angry at the irrational success of his classmates who got to stay he just had this attitude of contentment. He said, God, this is, I have to be satisfied where you have me right now. So he left. He left, and years later, at the age of 33, so he went from 21 when he entered seminary, they just said, this isn't working out. 33, he entered and he applied to the caption order as a friar. I'll just be a brother. I'm not that smart. No envy. No, that's not fair. In Detroit, he got accepted to the Capuchin order. Still noticing his struggles with academics, he was ordained a priest with the, with the Capuchins order, but was ordained a simplex priest. A simplex priest is basically you can't hear confessions. We're scared what you might say in confessions because we don't know your intellectual capacity. So you can't hear confessions. Father Slanus Casey will make you a priest. You can't hear confessions, and you can't preach a sermon because we don't know if what you're going to say is going to be theologically correct. Instead of envy, and instead of that's not fair, he had an attitude of contentment. He said, yes, I respect my superiors, as if it's coming from the mouth of God. 
because he never became bitter and envious and accepted everything as a blessing from the hand of God, God continued to bless him. He didn't have to keep him in that place for one year, two years, five years, 40 years. He accepted it from the hand of God. He continued to bless him in his holiness. Since he was ordained a simplex priest, he was given the simple responsibility to hold the door is what he was. He was the, door, the doorkeeper. So people would come in and out of the monastery. He didn't have a lot of responsibilities. He couldn't preach. He couldn't hear confessions. He would open the door and close the door. And you would think he would say, that's not fair. And maybe he would be envious of the priest he was working with who could preach homilies and could hear confessions, become bitter and angry and resentful. But he opened the door so beautifully and he closed it so beautifully to the point where just by opening and closing the door, people noticed his holiness. People started to wait in line. There was lines, blocks and blocks and blocks because they wanted to hear his words and they wanted him to touch the sick. Why? Look at the big and beautiful things that God can do when we have an attitude of contentment. The beautiful things that God can do. And he healed many people with his words and healed them from their illnesses. And brothers and sisters, when we choose this attitude of contentment rather than this attitude of that's not fair, truly God will bless us. Probably with the thing that we're asking for and praying for, and even more, because like the landowner, he's very generous. But just wants us to wake up today. He wants us to dig deep and think to ourselves, where have I been envious, this irrational anger of somebody else's success? Where have I not been controlling my eyes? And I'm looking here and there. Because the kingdom of heaven, brothers and sisters, when we walk in, there is no looking around. We look forward because all we will see is Jesus. And if we can't do that now and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we will never be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. So we sit here today and ask God for the graces to have the attitude of contentment rather than the attitude of that's not fair, which breeds envy. Amen.